Hey everybody, today is Wednesday, October 12th. Welcome to this week's edition of The Sportsbook Sharps. I am your host as always, Andy Royce, and we are going to get into a recap from last week for the gambling group. Uh, another edition of Stay Frosty. We talk a little NBA before the season tips off. Then we get into our locks for this week that I like, and then I deliver my lock of the week at the end of the podcast. As always, let's get into the recap from last week. The gambling group went a four for four. If you're following us on TikTok at TSS Gambling, you can see our picks every week. I post the spreadsheet Saturday morning. So you can get the locks in before the gambling starts for the day on Saturday. If you remember last week, Mike was on the show and he had the Raiders at Chiefs Monday night football over 51. Chiefs win an exciting game 30 to 29. They cover the 51 points. They've now covered in three out of the last five games. And, uh, Personally, Travis Kelsey murdered my fantasy team on Monday night. I went in uh, for fantasy football up 25 points. All I needed was Travis Kelsey not to have a big day. And, of course, he has one of the biggest days of his career. Uh, Four touchdowns on the day. Four touchdowns. He only had seven catches, so every other catch was a touchdown. Four touchdowns, only 25 yards, remarkably, but every time I got the notification on my phone, I knew it was bad no, bad news. And uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, I'm glad that you were able to help my uncle get his over with 51 uh, over total points. But you killing my fantasy team made me very sad uh, Monday night. So, Also, on a sad note, the Lions uh, once again played like the Lions. They had... Hit the over every single week. They were 4-0 in overs. Uh, so, of course, I jump on the trend. They're playing at the Patriots. The over's 45 and a half. They've been averaging 38 points a game. I'm thinking this is over, over, over. The Patriots win the game 29 to nothing. The Lions were abysmal. They were 0 for 6 on fourth down conversions, which in the long history of the NFL had never happened before a team has never gone 0 for 6 on fourth down conversions um it was never close 20 29 nothing is closer than it ever really was the lions couldn't do anything they looked terrible totally unprepared i i know it was a road game but you think you'd at least if you're averaging 38 points a game you'd at least score once or twice uh but no it wasn't to be uh they didn't score any points at all and the patriots scored 29 uh, not even close to covering the over. And it was never in question. If you were watching the game on Sunday, you never at any point thought that the Lions were going to turn it around. Um, the hoodie started a rookie quarterback. He's 5-0 and in games where he starts a, a rookie quarterback like that with Zappy, And he just, it's unbelievable how good he is at turning little-known quarterbacks into something else. So, uh, so again, missed. I'm one in six on the season, and uh, we just we look to survive in advance and move forward. And we'll uh, we'll keep delivering locks, and they got to be better than they have been, right? So uh, stay tuned for my lock at the end. Now to talk some stay frosty business. 
if you haven't noticed on the Stay Frosty segment, the head coaches actually were undefeated after being on Stay Frosty. Their next game, they had been undefeated on the season. They won every single time. Every time they were up on Stay Frosty, whether Greg put them up, I put them up, Mike put them up, uh, anybody that's been on the podcast put somebody on Stay Frosty. The next game they won. This week, both uh, Mike put up Tom Allen for IU. I put up Ron Rivera for the Washington Commanders. Both lost their games. Um, IU did cover. Uh, they were playing Michigan and were 21 and a half point underdogs. They ended up losing only by 21. And it was actually closer than that. Uh, it kind of got out of hand in the fourth quarter. But IU actually played them, uh, Michigan a lot closer than I think a lot of people expected. So, so good on them there for covering 21 and a half. Uh, the Commanders lost by four. Wentz threw a terrible pick at the end, but nobody was open. I mean, it, it was third and goal. He had to try something. I don't really blame Wentz for it. If you watch the game at all, Wentz had a pretty good day. Uh, I just want to call out Ron Rivera for something real quick. So I put him on Stay Frosty last week. Obviously, I think he's a terrible coach and needs to be fired. But what a joke he is. He blamed... Carson Wentz for that loss. The the media asked him on Monday uh, what his team needs to improve in or, or something like that. And he gave a, a smart one-word answer where he said, quarterback. Well, okay, Ron, let me tell you something. Wentz is not your problem in Washington. You're the problem. You're a terrible coach. Wentz, Wentz is not a great quarterback. He's not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's going to kick around the league. But he's a serviceable quarterback that is better than the one win that you have gotten with him so far. And on this particular Sunday, he was 25 for 38. He had 360 yards and, and two touchdowns. And he only threw the one pick at the very end of the game when he absolutely had to force something on, on third down when the clock was running low. He was also the second leading rusher. The leading rusher for the Commanders had 22 yards. Wentz had 15 so to say that it's your quarterback is just outrageous after the day that he had. I cannot believe that he threw his quarterback under the bus like that. Again, Wentz, not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but they also had nine penalties on the day. So maybe, Ron, instead of blaming the quarterback on Monday, maybe you look at your team and you work on some of the team uh, penalties. You work on that offensive line. Wentz runs for his life. Every game I've seen the Commanders play this year, he's running around like crazy back there trying to do anything. The fact that he was even able to complete 25 passes on Sunday, I mean, with that offensive line, most quarterbacks would be darn near dead after the line lets all those rushers in like that. So, you know, Ron, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and think about what really is going wrong with that team in Washington because it's not Wentz. Wentz is doing everything he can to put them in a position to win, and you as the head coach are absolutely failing. Now we've got a new coach to put on the Stay Frosty seat. This is a coach that hasn't been coaching all that long, uh, but I it I think it's just time for him to go. Uh, this is his second season there. The coach is Dan Campbell, the Lions, Detroit Lions head coach. This is only his second season there, but last year they started 0-10-1, this year, they're off to a 1-4 and four start. And like I said earlier in the, set, in the show, 
no team in the NFL history has ever gone 0 for 6 on fourth down. With Goff in there, I know he, again, we're talking not great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but he's good enough to get one first down. You guys got to work on your play calling throughout the week. Going 0 for 6, I mean, run something up the middle, figure something out. I, I can't believe they were 0 for 6 on fourth down. That's just incredible. Um, also, he did a total clown move at the end of the game. There's less than three minutes left, and he calls a timeout. They're down at this point in the game. They're down 29 to nothing. Um, New England ran the ball. They called a timeout. New England runs the ball again and gets the first down. He calls another timeout. He ended up using all three of his timeouts with under three minutes left, down 29 to nothing. I don't know what he was thinking there. He just go in. You're you're down 29 nothing. You're not coming back in this game. You have no game plan to come back. Um, you would need 30 minutes to come back the way you were playing on Sunday if that was even possible. I don't know if if they would have played that game three times on Sunday if they would have ever scored a point the way their team was playing. So Lions coach Dan Campbell, you need to stay frosty. Now I want to get into some preseason stuff with the NBA. Uh, we won't talk about the NBA very much during this podcast season. Um, it's kind of a, it's not a league that I can give out picks ahead of time easily on. Uh, a lot of the players are soft and don't play games uh, sporadically throughout the week. So it's hard for a once a week podcast to give out a lock on an NBA game for next Tuesday when I don't know if LeBron's ever going to play because of load management and, oh, I have a little ankle tweak and now I can't play for a week. And, oh, I played two games last week. I really need a day off. The NBA has become so soft that it's impossible to give out picks ahead of time. So this podcast, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the NBA. Maybe when the playoffs start, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more NBA. But up until that point, the only thing I really want to talk about some preseason locks that I absolutely think you should get on before the season starts. Uh, so just so everybody's aware, the, the NBA season actually starts next Tuesday, the 19th. Remarkable uh, that it's already starting. I feel like it just got over, but yes, it's getting ready to tip off. Uh, there's two games on the 19th. And the one team that I actually like, they're over, starts the season off on that Tuesday night. The 76ers, I love the over 50 and a half wins. That's what it was on DraftKings when I looked before the podcast today. It's sitting right at 50 and a half. They have won more than 50 games in the last three full seasons. So right there, based on just the last couple of seasons, you're already at 50 games. You just need to get the one more game to get the half. And they've done that out of two of those three seasons, won more than 51 games. Uh, the one season they won exactly 50. Um, Embiid, he might be the best player in the NBA right now. Last season was the best season that he'd ever had. He finished second in the MVP voting and he became the first center to lead the league in scoring since Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, speaking of Shaq, James Harden lost a ton of weight. I don't know if anybody's seen the pictures of him this offseason. He spent the summer, according to media reports, uh, running and scheduling like pickup games and working out and lifting weights. He looks absolutely cut. Um, after eating himself out of Houston, he is a totally different player. It looks like he is ready to go. 
look out for them this year. I think they'll win the East. I think they win over 50 and a half games. I love the 76ers this season. Now to talk about a team that two teams that I absolutely dislike, hate their unders. Uh, I love love their unders. The Suns under 52 and a half games. Uh, first off, they lost a preseason game to some team in Australia. I think they were called like the 36ers or something. I don't know. I didn't even take the time to look up. I just remember people ripping them on social media when they lost to this backup Australian league team. Uh, what a joke. I If you're an NBA team, even sending your backups over to the land down under, you should still be able to beat them. This is like some no-name backup league team. I cannot believe that they lost to them. Uh, their owner is in big trouble. He's suspended for the year. Every player wants him thrown out of the league permanently, wants him to sell the team. Uh, the players on the team don't want him on the team. That's just going to be negative attention the entire season, even though he's suspended this year and won't be around. Every time you see the Suns on TV, they're going to show signs about Sarver and how he should sell the league and and not be in the league. So all that negative media attention, I think that weighs on the team. 52 and a half is a lot of wins to get in the West. Um, so with all that, also Chris Paul, he uh, CP3, 37 years old. He's about to be done with his time in the league. So he, he's been mediocre to, to decent at best. Uh, they did make it the one year to the finals, but I've always thought that he was not the best player in the world. I think he's a born loser. He lost at Wake Forest. Uh, everywhere he's gone in the NBA, they lose. Um, I, I'm just not, I've never been a Chris Paul fan. Uh, so given all those things, I love the Suns under 52 and a half this year. And then the last team I want to talk about, the Brooklyn Nets under 50 and a half wins. What a franchise. Neither Durant nor Kyrie Irving want to be there in Brooklyn. Uh, Durant is a shell of himself after leaving Golden State. He is not the same player that he was before Golden State and then at Golden State. He is way worse than he was. Um, was he possibly overrated in Golden State? I don't know. Golden State wins before him. They obviously win two championships with him. And then he skips town, and they win again last season without him. So, I don't know. Maybe we've overrated his time at Golden State and and in Oklahoma before that. But I just think he's he's not the player that he once was. And and uh, I just don't see the Nets getting over 50 and a half wins. They really don't have anybody after Durant. I think Kyrie is... You know, I talked about Kevin Durant being washed. Kyrie is way washed. Like, the flat earth man can do no good. Um, totally overrated. They should have just let him get out of town. They should have got rid of him in the offseason. I think it would have been better for their locker room. Uh, and their head coach, Steve Nash. Why, why are you even a head coach in the NBA? You have absolutely zero coaching experience. And you get one of the... Uh, franchises that spent big money to get Durant and Kyrie on the franchise and and James Harden for a little bit of time, y you have those players and you hire a coach like Steve Nash with absolutely no experience, he, he should be fired. Uh, look for him to probably show up in a few weeks on Stay Frosty when, when Brooklyn starts off like two and eight 
and everybody's infighting and they're talking about selling off Durant and Kyrie before the season's over and the trade deadline hits. Um, he should not be a head coach in the NBA. Um, yeah, Nets under 50 and a half. I think that's a guarantee. So go ahead and get those in. So 76ers over 50 and a half, Suns under 52 and a half, Nets under 50 and a half. Those are your NBA uh, pre-tip off locks that I like this season. All right, now to get into some games this weekend. These are some of the locks from the gambling group that I absolutely love. Uh, Mike picked the Bengals minus one at New Orleans. Last weekend, New Orleans was playing Seattle, did the cute little Taysom Hill thing where he had two or three touchdowns and uh, and they won the game against Seattle. Seattle, not that great. You know, Geno Smith, whatever. Uh, you know, that wasn't that great of a win for New Orleans. It's only their second win of the season. They're not that good of a team. The Bengals last weekend barely lost to the Ravens. Uh, they gave up a field goal at the end of the game there to lose by two. Um, I think they're way better than New Orleans. I think even though the game's at New Orleans, I think the Bengals win. I think they win big. They're going to be ready for the Taysom Hill. Uh, oh, we're running no quarterback. Look, oh, isn't that nice? Taysom Hill's in. Oh, Taysom Hill ran it. Guess what? Taysom Hill always runs it. Like if you're a defensive head coach or if you're a defensive coordinator in the NFL, guess what you need to be ready for if you see Taysom Hill back there? A run. That's what they do. They run the Wildcat with Taysom Hill, and they run the ball. They never let Taysom Hill pass it. Even when he was the quarterback that one year in New Orleans, I think he threw like eight passes a game. They ran it like 50 times. It's not that hard to figure out. Put eight men in the box. Stop the run. New Orleans gets absolutely drilled by the Bengals. Matt had a lock of USC plus three and a half at Utah. I love that lock. Utah has beat absolutely no one. I don't know why they were ranked in the top. They're still ranked in the top 25. I think it's because the Pac-12 has been bad the last couple of seasons, maybe in the last decade or two in football. And so just by name alone, they have got that preseason ranking. Uh, they have a loss at Florida and at UCLA. Uh, their best win was against Oregon State. And Oregon State's not even that good. They're 4-2, and two, but... They have no notable wins when you look at their schedule. Also, this game kicks off at 6 o'clock in Utah. Those Mormons, they don't drink caffeine. They're going to be tired by the end of the game. It'll be sleepy time in Utah. Um, USC covers 3.5. USC wins this game outright on the road at Utah. Uh, so spring, get on USC at plus 3.5 and, and sprinkle a little bit of money on the money line, and you'll be sure to win on Saturday. Greg gave Nebraska plus 12 at Purdue. The line is now 14, but even at four, I love it even more. I loved it at 12. It's even better now at 14. Purdue blows leads late all the time. I am a Purdue fan. I watch Purdue every week. I know this team. The Maryland game, Almost got tied up. They got super lucky. Uh, Tagalavola was going for a two-point conversion, and they did convert it to tie the game, but there was an ineligible man downfield. 
a little bit of a questionable call. I don't know if he was downfield quite enough. I mean, they're in the red zone doing the two-point conversion. How downfield could he have really been? But uh, I was obviously, as a Purdue fan, very glad that they made that call and took the two points off the board. Uh, Tagalovola could not convert on the next attempt, so Purdue won by two there. But but Purdue let them go down the field at ease at the end of the game there. Um, this has been a reoccurring thing four times this season that's happened to Purdue. So even if Purdue is up 16, 20, whatever, late in the game, which I, I don't think they will. Nebraska's been a little better since they got rid of old Scott Frost there. Uh, not great, but but better. Um, 12 is just too much for Purdue to cover. Uh, Penn State went 80 yards in a minute and a half to go up four against the Purdue this season. I already mentioned Maryland, so that's two times. Syracuse went 80 yards in 44 seconds to win that game. And then FAU was marching down the field. They were only down two points, and they probably would have ended up beating Purdue if they wouldn't have fumbled it away on fourth and short. So, you know, four times this season, Purdue has had a lead late and let the team go down the field. Uh, they got lucky twice, once with a fumble, once with a penalty that got called back that let them win those two games. Um, but absolutely destroyed by Penn State and Syracuse at the end of the game there. Uh, I think Nebraska plus 12, now plus 14 is the absolute play of the weekend. All right, now for my lock of the week. Like I said, I missed last week. I put my faith in the Lions. I've, what I've noticed is I put my faith in a lot of bad teams this season uh, for picking point spreads, for picking overs, and I'm done putting my faith in the bad teams to either cover or go over. This week, I am telling you, this is the play of the week. Broncos at Chargers under 45 and a half. The Broncos, they stink. They're terrible. Russell Wilson, it's been an absolute disaster with him in Denver. They are horrible. He Nothing is going right for him. He That game Thursday night, I'm sorry to anybody that had to watch it. I gave it as a lock that I liked last week. It wasn't my lock of the week. But it was one, it was 41 points, and I told you to get on that under. You were good to go at the end of the first quarter. The, the under was all day going to hit. Uh, the final score with overtime ended up being 12-9 to nine in a no-touchdown contest. Uh, they just absolutely stink. Nathaniel Hackett is a horrible head coach. He's been featured on Stay Frosty. They are four and one on unders this season. That that under is going to hit forty five and a half is way too much. Even if the Chargers go off and score forty, I don't know if the Broncos score six points. They are just terrible, dreadful team. I don't like that at all. Forty five is and a half is way too many points. Be sure to get your lock in on Broncos at Chargers under forty five and a half. Also, one last note, I'm debuting a new segment that is going to be on TikTok. I am going to have my dog, Breeze, pick the Thursday night game. So be sure to tune in on TikTok at TSS Gambling and see Breeze's debut with making picks. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the 
Sportsbook Sharps. Be sure to follow and like us and subscribe. Thanks, everyone.